and the track is record enabled and it's rolling and I'm rolling there is the rolling let's zoom in ah, and you can see that I'm rolling these are the little things I do before I start well when I start I hit the buttons I look at the screen I watch all of this stuff to make sure that the waveforms are recording for the James Arnold Taylor podcast welcome to the James Arnold Taylor podcast hey uh, announcer guy yes James can you give me a little uh, announcer-y kind of thing? Welcome to the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. And now here he is, the man with three first names, James Arnold Taylor. Thank you. You're welcome, James. I'll see you later. Not if I see you first. <laughs> I never really understood what that meant. Um, well, it... I'll see you later. Okay, bye-bye. He's still nice. Welcome to the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. Uh, You know, we're kind of now, I mean, it's like people have their intros and stuff, and uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and people have like this stuff. I just kind of like getting right to it. I don't want to waste time, even though I am somebody that does uh, production. I love producing things and creating things. If you've seen my stage show, you know that, that I love creating big over-the-top things and stuff. In the very first episode of the podcast, I had all of those different, you know, people auditioning and all of those things for the intro of the show. I just prefer just starting. A little music, a little song, a little dance, a little seltzer down your pants, a little announcer guy saying, uh, James Arnold Taylor, hey, James Arnold Taylor podcast. You like that I'm doing an impression of the guy that does the announcer, even though I really am the guy. Yes. If you don't know the theme of this show, I am in no way uh, trying to hide the fact that all the voices you hear on this show, it's called Talking to Myself, are me. Because that's what I do. I'm a voice actor. And I do all the voices there, except for if I'm interviewing a friend, uh, which is later on in the show, though. And that segment is very specific to that. So the show is called Talking to Myself. Welcome. You're listening. I am James Arnold Taylor. And uh, all the voices you hear will be me. Uh, Even if I bring in my engineer, Hank. Hey, Hank. Yeah, James. What do you need? Hello, hello, hello. I I mean, don't even start with that. I'm just telling them that you're me and I'm you and uh, so whatever. What do you mean, you're me and I'm yours? What, are you getting all zen on me? What are you, like a... Oh, you're like a zen master? No, I'm just... I'm. Anyways, doesn't matter. All right, Hank, thanks. I'll, um, I'll let you know if I need anything. Okay, James, I'm going to go out here and eat another onion sandwich. Here. All right. So, um, welcome to the show. So many things uh, to talk about that I honestly think I could do uh, one of these shows every single day and just always have stuff to talk about and to encourage you with. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll get to that point. What do you think? What do you think? You t- I mean, there's people that do podcasts every single day because it's just like radio. See, if I, you know, I came from radio and if I did radio, you would just talk every day. I have no problem with that. I mean, not on the weekends, for goodness sake. I need some time away from you. We can't be all together all the time. Plus the other parts of the day, you know, if I go for 90 minutes here, you know, then you've got however, what do you got, uh, 20 22 and a half other hours then or something like that? Is that is that math right? Half the 23 and then or 23 and no, yeah, anyways, okay. Um, so there's a book uh, by Stephen Pressfield. Stephen Pressfield is known for re- uh, writing the uh, movie and the, well, the book first and it became a movie, The Legend of Bagger Vance. And, um, and, and uh, he's a writer and he wrote a book called The War of Art. Now, you know the art of war. Everybody knows the art of war. But the war of art is, um, it's not a, uh, 
a huge book. It's a small book and it's not even that easy to find. I, I found that I couldn't even get it at Barnes and Noble. Um, but, uh, I got it on my Kindle, which I, I have a Kindle only because we went to Hawaii last year and my daughter loves reading. I mean, she reads, she reads and reads and reads. She's the real deal. She has read more literature in her lifetime at 13 years than I have read in my entire 49 years of life. I, I kid you not. She has bookshelves and bookshelves of books and she loves reading. She loves real books, but we were going to Hawaii and we were packing and, <laughs> and she had like eight books and they were like all big, thick books. Like if you know, like the land of stories or, you know, uh, Harry Potter, or, you know, these types of books, big, thick books. And we're like, honey, you can't pack all those books. So I said, maybe it's time we get one of these Kindles. So we got a Kindle and we put all of the books that she wanted to bring on that. And, you know, the nice thing is, is she doesn't really like the Kindle. Uh, my wife doesn't use the Kindle. I don't use the Kindle. But when you're in a pinch, so I was doing this show, I was getting ready for this, this podcast and I knew I wanted to talk about Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art. I have it as an audiobook, And so I know it from that, but I don't have the actual book. And I needed it right away to, uh, you know, read a quote from it for all of you here today. So I thought, oh, I got the Kindle. I'll get it on the Kindle. So I got it on the Kindle. And of course, here's the other problem, though. It's the last two pages of the book that I wanted to read you. So and it doesn't give anything away. It's not like a, a, a fiction book where, you know, oh, my gosh. And the killer was Professor Plum in the kitchen with the lead pipe. Why was he in the kitchen with a lead pipe? I don't know. Anyways, um, so. With a Kindle, I and some of you probably know much better than me, I couldn't get the darn thing to just jump to the last page. So I had to page through everything, you know, tap, tap, tap. It took like five minutes to get to the end of the... And this is not a long book. So this is the other problem with these things that everybody thinks are so perfect, this technology. No, you know what's perfect? A book, an actual book. <laughs> oh, okay. So anyways, uh, Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art. So many of you... Um, are creative people that listen to my podcast. So many of you out there are artists and writers and creators, and each one of us has a desire and uh, to to achieve and to do. And so I felt like this is now this book, The War of Art, is all about the um, uh, resistance and uh, what we come up against as artists, whether we're a painter, a writer, um, a filmmaker, a, a vlogger, whatever you know. Uh, we come against resistance and resistance says, don't do the work. Okay. So, uh, to sum up the book, I don't think it ruins it to sum up the book. If you're going to read it, if I'm, I'm just going to read you the last couple of, uh, two paragraphs of the book, because I think that it sums things up well. And I want to encourage all of you. Okay. So that's what this episode is going to be. We're going to talk about technology and stuff, but, but it's really to encourage you. So he says, um, are you a born writer? Were you put on earth to be a painter, a scientist, an apostle of peace? In the end, the question can only be answered by action. Do it or don't do it. It may help to think of it this way. If you were meant to cure cancer or write a symphony or crack cold fusion and you don't do it, you not only hurt yourself, even destroy yourself, you hurt your children. You hurt me. You hurt the planet. You shame the angels who watch over you and you spite the Almighty who created you and only you with your unique gifts for the sole purpose of nudging the human race one millimeter farther along its path back to God. 
Creative work is not a selfish act or a bid for attention on the part of the actor. It is a gift to the world and every being in it. Don't cheat us of your contribution. Give us what you've got. Come on, that's, that's pretty darn awesome and beautiful, isn't it? You shame the angels who watch over you and you spite the Almighty who created you. And only you with your unique gifts for the sole purpose of nudging the human race one millimeter farther along its path back to God. So I say that as an encouragement. Whatever you are putting off today, whatever it is you uh, want to do but don't believe you can for some subconscious reason that has been planted deep within you, uh, but you have these abilities, keep going. Do it. You can do it. All right? There is so much in this world for you to do to encourage other people. There's so much I am here to do to encourage other people. And, but also, uh, so it's not just about encouraging them. It's about you being you and doing what you actually do and what you do well and what you thrive at as an artist. Uh, and and that, that covers the gamut. An artist is not just someone that paints. An artist is not just someone that performs. An artist uh, can be, you know, is not just a writer. There's artistry in food preparation, in uh, doing taxes right, in uh, teaching people, in so many things, in uh, being a landscaper, in being, you know, whatever it is. There's artistry in it because it is all going back to the creation of, of what this, uh, our creator and what this whole planet is and, and to do good. So I just want to encourage you. I thought that was really great because I was just listening to that book uh, again today and uh, was listening to the end of it there. And I thought, you know what? I got I to gotta start the podcast off with that. There's always um, fun things and funny things and funny voices to do. But you know what? I am here to encourage you. Uh, my utmost goal is to entertain and encourage you. I, as an ambassador of inspiration, I, you know, I, th I think about that. Some of you that know uh, my whole thing and, and have followed me for a long time know that I call myself, it's on my social media um, everywhere. I call myself an ambassador of inspiration. And I coined that uh, for myself, uh, uh, gosh, probably seven or eight years ago. I don't, I don't remember exactly where or how it came about, but, um, you know, uh, people can be ambassadors for this, ambassadors for that. I am an ambassador of inspiration, meaning I, uh, because I think it came up after I did uh, the first year of my stage show, uh, talking to myself, which I did as Obi-Wan and Beyond at Disney World for Star Wars weekends. And it was a half hour version of the show. But at the end of the show, I would tell my own personal stories. And that part, people could watch this entire show, but then they would say, my favorite part is the last five minutes where you don't do any voices, you just talk to us. So, and and it's not to say they didn't love the voices and the fun and, and all of that, but the, the talking to people personally, one-on-one -on -one saying, here's my story, I'm human, I'm looking at you, you're human, what's your story? I want to hear it, I want to be a part of it, I want to celebrate it, I want to experience it in some way in my life once you become fully realized within that and uh, and put that out to the world too. So, wow, I'm going very, very deep here today, right off the bat on the Jat show, on the Jat cast. But that's the way I roll. And um, <laughs> I think that's a funny expression, isn't it? That's the way I roll. 
do I, I don't really roll anywhere. I walk, but anyways, no. Um, so there you go. What, what is it that you are putting off today that would inspire the world? I want you to think about that. I want you to really think about that. I want you to image that. Can you do me a favor? Can you do me a favor? And yes, I am talking to you. Uh, so uh, James Arnold Taylor here right now saying, hey, do me a favor. And that right now you say, okay, James, what? So, hey, do me a favor. I'm glad you asked. Okay. Um, I want you to take the next 24 hours and hold in your mind a picture of you at your at your best, at your most uh, desired. What are you the most desirous of being? Um, that picture of you, be it in perfect health, be it doing uh, the, 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 the job you really want, be it um, in the relationship you want. I want you to picture that in your head and, and really get a, an image of that. If you need to stop the world, turn things off and sit down for a while and really try to envision that, do it. Um, it's important. Imaging is important. What is imaging? Well, Images, imaging is imagining in your mind these things as, as you want to see them. Why is that important? Well, because scientifically they've proven that people that do this achieve more. And generally they achieve what it was they were imaging. Why? Because it gets into the subconscious. It gets into all parts of you if you allow it. And, you know, look, doing it for 24 hours uh, when you think about it, isn't going to do, you need to, you need to do this full time, man. You need to always have a positive look of yourself and who you are and what you are and what you're doing and how you're achieving in there. Okay. And you go, gosh, that's hard. I know. I look, I know from firsthand experience. In fact, I am not a complete, I am so, I am no like a yogi master guru of this, but I will tell you this what I have learned from it, what I have done of it, it has worked. Now, before I was James Arnold Taylor, the voice actor that you know, when I was just Jamie Taylor, a little kid wanting to do voices and stuff in cartoons, I had a vision. I had a goal. I saw it very clearly. And you know what happened in the first, uh, you know, couple decades of my life? I achieved it all. You know why? Because I held on to that image. And even though stuff around me in the world and people and everything, I kind of, not to say I was cocky, but I had this image of, yeah, man, that's it. Unbreakable, undeniable. And then I got sick and I lost my voice. And, you know, I, I and we had these lawsuits with the the house we were in and we lost a lot of money and we went through a lot of things where I've went through over a decade of being sick and watching my diet and allowing all of that to come into my life and break me down. You understand what I mean in that these things become ingrained in us. They, they become ingrained in our subconscious and then we own them and then we, we believe them and they become us when that's not actually us to begin with. That's, that's the whole point. These things happen to us. We take it all in. 
We digest that. We put it into our subconscious because we do it so much. And there's all sorts of wonderful research that's been done on this. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza uh, has done some great stuff. Norman Vincent Peale uh, did some wonderful work in this of that. See, the more we kind of do this regular thing day in, day out, putting these things into our subconscious, we are creating things. And as uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza puts it, your body is like your mind and it starts to think and believe and become all those things. You see? So, and so then you roll into your 40s and you go, well, I'm, I'm the old man now and I'm, you know, and it's okay. That's how life is and that's what happens. And, uh, and then God does a little thing. He goes, you know what? That's not true, dude. You're still my kid. I still love you the same and you still have those same dreams. Now, I have been very fortunate to achieve most of my dreams. I really have. But again, it goes back to that kid, little Jamie Taylor, uh, dreaming of a better life. I did not come from a good uh, household, a fun childhood. I came from a very difficult childhood. I don't say that to be a victim. I don't say that to be dramatic. I don't say that. I, I only say that to state a fact. Okay. It was not a great place. It wasn't the worst either. There's people that have had much worse. But you know what? If you have a vision and you have an image and you hold tightly to it and you give it to God and you say, God, join me in this. And if you don't believe in God, you know what? Uh, I, the only reason I am who I am, how I am, or even alive is because of the grace of God. And so, and I know that. And so in my heart, mind, soul, body, everything, I know without a doubt, there is a God, there is a creator that created everything. And I, in my studies of it, as well as just in my own personal experiences and personal encounters with the supernatural and a God that exists, the creator. Um, so my job as somebody that, that knows that is to not go, yeah, man, I mean, if you don't believe, you know, you don't have to. I mean, I'm going to say, yeah, you don't have to, because the truth is you don't have to. Even God says that. But I'm not going to go, but that's cool. I'm going to go, no, dude, you're missing out. You know what? I, because it, wouldn't it be stupid if I didn't do that? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it show that this God that I believe in isn't all that great or all that much if I kind of go, yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm cool if you just want to live the way you live. No, I, of course, I'm like, I'm excited. I'm going, I have seen the reality of our creator and I want everybody else to know about that too. Why wouldn't I? So, you know, uh, I haven't gotten really super spiritual on these yet until now. Didn't expect it or plan to uh, until I just started saying all this. And there'll be a part of me later that goes, maybe you should cut that out and just talk about Star Wars, James, because that's really what they want. Hmm. But you know what? If I look at Star Wars even, it's kind of about this force that guides and protects and moves the galaxy along. Huh. Guess it's all kind of in that same world, man. <laughs> so anyways, the reason I image positively, believe positively, all of that is because there's a creator and he encourages me to encourage all of you. And that's what I do. So I am an ambassador of inspiration, but my inspiration comes from a higher power than me for certain, for sure, man. And uh, so when I say it, 
I'm saying it from a place of absolute love and hope for you to have an image in your mind right now of you in your most perfect state. Uh, If you're sick, I'm praying for you. If you're having trouble concentrating because you're uh, someone like myself with ADD or ADHD or OCD or uh, if you're on the spectrum anywhere, uh, Asperger's or autism or any of that, I, I, am, I am praying for you that uh, you would have the peace of mind and the realization that what you do matters, what you do is important to the world and the world around you and your art, the artistry of you as a human being matters and i want you to picture that at its fullest potential and i'm right here with you imaging that for you for me for all of us why because it's the most important thing in the world okay i can have a podcast where i do a bunch of voices and make it fun and that's what we're going to do and i'm certainly going to do that later on here but right now i'm on this and it's like you know what just go for it man i can do all of that But if I have no message to it, I'm a clanging, banging cymbal, crashing, banging drum that that means nothing. There needs to be a purpose to it. And you have a purpose. And I believe in you and your purpose. You go, James, you don't know me. There's thousands of people listening to this. How do you know? I am talking to you because it's just you and me right now. You got the earbuds in or you're in the car or at your office and it's playing on your iPhone or it's playing out a speaker. I believe in you. Why? Because that's the whole point. That's the whole point, man. It is about humanity. It is about doing great things. And it's, um, I didn't really have anybody that ever said that to me until God said it to me. So I want to say it to you, not because like I'm trying to say I'm comparing myself to God. I am not saying that in any way, but I am a voice for him. And he wants you to know he believes in you. He loves you. He needs you. And so do all the people around you. Even when you feel like they don't, even when you feel like they don't like you. So it is a, uh, more serious. It's a serious James Arnold Taylor talking to myself podcast here at the beginning, but it's not. It's actually very joyful because the truth is, hallelujah, man, that is awesome. I want you to picture that. Hold that image. Who are you? What does it look like? What does it look like? I'll give you an example for me. Okay. I broke my foot. I got into running because my health was bad. So this last year, my health, you know, so like 13 years of dealing with immune suppression and bad stuff from getting sick from toxic mold and losing my voice and all of that. Here's what happened. And here's what happens. And here's not, I'm not even talking on the spiritual side at all, guys. Okay. I'm talking about on the scientific, the neuroscientist proven facts of it. You get sick. Something happens to you. Like me, I got exposed to black toxic mold. Okay? Lost my voice. My voice is my life. I'm a voice actor. I do voices. Others, I couldn't talk. For like, uh, well, I mean, it took a long time, but the first three months were really hard. Like, you know, like, hey, everybody. Okay. You know, that. Uh, Going, well, I'm never going to be able to 
do this again, or Obi-Wan Kenobi, or just my regular voice, just speaking normal, or Fred Flintstone, or The Simpsons coming up next on Fox. I was pretty much doing this guy, and that, I was Hank. I was Hank. I was, <laughs> that was, uh, you know, yeah, I was Hank. Okay, so here's what happens. Something like that happens, which is tragic and hard. And many of you, you specifically can be going, James, I've had even worse. I've had cancer, or I've had uh, uh, an ailment, or I've had, you know, I was born with this, or I, uh, I have that, or I've lost this person. So I'm in no way trying to go, woe is me. I'm saying we all have our things, you know? So we have something that is really hard that happens to us, okay? Here's what the brain does. The brain is brilliant. The brain is amazing. Um, but it can also uh, be something that kind of works against us. So danger, danger, Will Robinson happens, right? Our brain says danger. So now James encountered something, a chemical, a toxin, a bacteria that is bad for him. So now whenever James is in a space that is musty or moldy or smells, what happens? James's brain says, danger, danger, Will Robinson. You're going to die. You're going to lose your voice. You're going to all this is bad, 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 bad. So amplify that by 13 years of every time I'm somewhere, someone's smoking a cigarette, uh, someone's sprayed perfume, uh, cologne, uh, bug spray. Uh, there, there's chemicals from plastics, new construction, you name it. Okay. New carpet, formaldehyde, all of that. James's brain goes, that's going to kill you. You're going to lose your voice. You're in bad shape. You're sick. What are you doing? And my body goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. What do I do? Okay, oh, I got to eat this way. Okay, I got to eat very specifically this way. And now I got to eat that specifically that way. And I got to do this. And I got I to gotta maintain this. And I can't do that much this. And I got to stay within this little thing because I know this is my safety zone. And now all of a sudden, James Arnold Taylor, the guy that like, that literally, again, came from nothing, man. I'm telling you, living in a one-bedroom apartment with my mom, my brother, and my sister with no money and nothing and no chance and a high school dropout that, you know, turns his life into a very successful career that where he is known all over the world as the voice of this character, that character, the whatever, all of that, boom, gone. No, because I revert to boy in the plastic bubble. Don't hurt me. Don't take away. Don't, you know, okay. So that's what the brain does in all its brilliance. It perceives danger and it goes, whoop, and it throws that into the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind goes, okay, got it. So now every time there is something that smells bad or whatever, or every time there is a place that is toxic, uh, we go into danger mode. And that's what we do. Okay. We get hurt and it could be, it could be a relationship. You could have a toxic person. Cause I had that as well in my life. I had toxic people in my life. Uh, so don't say this, don't say that, lift them up, do this, be the hero, be the performer, uh, you know, all of those things too. Okay. You could, you could be that. You could lose a job. Now I'm not worth anything. I have to tell every time that comes up, well, I'm never really going to get the right job anymore. I had the right job, but now I'm going to, and it doesn't matter. You could have been in a, a car accident. Every time I get in a car, now I'm going to be a, this, this. We, the brain goes danger, danger, build it up, build up walls, put up walls. And then by the time you get later in life, the brain just goes, you know what? This is all I know. I just need to protect myself because I just want to survive. Even though actually some of the voices are kind of going, dude, boy, it'd be just better if you just weren't even around, right? I mean, and I'm getting real deep here sometimes, but I, I want to talk to every single one of you that ever feels these feelings because I want to tell you they are lies. They are lies. Don't believe them. They're lies. 
Now, if you need to hear it from a place of authority or from somebody else, then that's why you're listening to this right now. So I can tell you those voices that are telling you, you can't do this, you can't do that, don't do this. It's a lie. Okay. Believe and see yourself as that person that is whole, strong, good, good for other people, not just yourself, doing good for the the, the world and society, believing in something stronger than yourself, okay? I cannot make everybody believe in the God I believe in. I get that, okay? I get that. I'm telling you, I want you to. That was the whole point earlier is to say, why wouldn't I want you to? If If I didn't, then the God I believe in isn't all that great, James, you know? But I can't make anybody do that, and and that's fine. But don't just believe in, well, me, because then when you get boxed in that corner, where are you going? Okay? There is something bigger. There is something greater. There is more to it. And you can break out of those things in your life that are saying you can't. You can. If a high school dropout that was born from an affair and was never supposed to happen. I wasn't supposed to exist. If if I can come up out of a childhood where there was violence and drug use and uh, manipulation and emotional turmoil and all of these terrible things, and I can be here in my recording studio, in my nice home, talking on this beautiful microphone, telling people all over the world my story and doing little voices and can become the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars, the biggest franchise in the world, host the events for the biggest franchise in the world for many years, interview everybody possible in that world, know them all, be a part of that, be in all five of the newest or four or five or whatever, however many movies, four movies that have come out, as well as hundreds of episodes of Clone Wars and all of that, and then be Fred Flintstone, Titus from Final Fantasy, Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank, Johnny Test, Huckleberry Hound, Spider-Man, Silver Surfer, uh, you know, all these amazing characters have this amazing career, this amazing life. If, if I can do this, You can do whatever it is that is in front of you that you dream of doing. You can. I had no silver spoon. I had no opportunities. I'm not saying it to be a victim. I'm saying it to encourage you. I don't know your full circumstance. I don't. But I do know this. I am telling you, whatever it is you are dreaming of or want in your life, you can do it. Just believe. Image. Breathe it in. Take it in daily, constantly. If you are someone of faith, pray. Pray with faith. Thank you, God, for giving me the ability to do this. Thank you. Thank him in advance for accomplishing it. Okay? That's what I do. That's what I did even before I knew, you know, because I did not grow up knowing God. But I went like, okay, I can do this. You know, my mindset was almost like, well, who else are they going to get? I'm the guy. I do the voices. I'm the thing, you know? And not in a cocky way, but again, just like, and I'm fun and this is fun and isn't this great? And guess what happened? They went, yeah, who else would we get? Yeah, you're great. You're fun, James. Let's do this. Come on. And my career just grew and grew and grew. So do it. You know, because people go, how do you become a voice actor? How do you, I I have no idea. I really don't know. I cannot tell a, a young person now how to get into voiceover. 
because it's a completely different world than, than what I grew up with. But I can tell you this, even then I couldn't have answered it because all I knew was I had a dream, I had a vision, I had a goal, I had an uh, image in my mind of me achieving it, and I went after that without thinking of anything else, and it happened. Circumstances, doors open, things happen, boom, here you go. Next thing you know, I'm sitting in the back of a car driving down a Disney World Main Street while they're doing a parade, and it says, The voiceover legend, James Arnold Taylor. What are you telling? What are you getting? Tom Kane, by the way, doing the voiceover. Um, he's a, a voice acting legend. And I'm like, What are you kidding me? I'm. I'm a little dork that was the shortest kid in his class every single year, never, ever, you know, uh, got picked to play any sports ever. And here's this life. Here I am about to go up onto that stage, get out of that car that takes me up the main street there, go up in front of 15 to 20,000 people outside at Disney World going, welcome to Star Wars weekends. James. What's that? I'm your host, James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> and I'm not saying it like, again, like I'm bragging. I'm saying, this is my life. It's weird, man. And it's wonderful. But you know what? I had this image of it happening. What's your image today? What is your image? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I want you to think about that. I want you to really think about that. I want you to write about that. I want you to write it down. Don't go to sleep tonight without writing it down. That's why I wrote my book, Jat 365, and in it I say that. So one of the first days, it's like, you know, what, what do you want to do? What's your goals? What's your dreams? Dream big. Do it. You can do it. I believe in you. If you don't have anybody around you right now that believes in you, I believe in you. And I mean that. Many of you have reached out to me on, on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or just emailing me directly. And I write you back. I believe in you. Because I do. Because I take every story to heart. Because you know what? I was that kid. Dreaming. So, yeah. This is a big crazy podcast today, isn't it? Um, and I love it. Because I want to inspire you and I hope it inspires you. I hope it doesn't make you mad. I hope people don't go, well, he's talking about God. I don't want to whatever. You know, whatever. Hey, look, man, I'm just telling you the truth. So whatever you believe, know that I believe in you. Whatever you believe, know that if you hold an image in your mind, because there's people doing it without God too. There's there's plenty of people doing it without God, and they're being very successful. So then you know, then what about God? Well, you know what? God's big enough. God can take it. You know, because people would ask me, well, then doesn't that kind of disprove the whole theory of God if, if people can do it either way? No, not necessarily. God built a planet, a universe, where scientifically these are the facts. This is what makes up this. And positive imaging is a scientific fact that it works within the body and the person and the mind to create. So God made it that way. Whether we choose to believe in him or not is still an independent choice, individual, independent choice, free will, man, free will. So anyways, uh, again, in no way trying to get religious on anybody because I'm not religious. I'm not a religious person. I'm not. I'm a spiritual person. And my relationship is a one-on-one -on -one with God. 
Well, you're talking a lot about it right now. Yes, I am. Because people always ask me, how do you get into voiceover? How do you do what you do? How do you, how did you come up with all this? What's your story? This is my, it's part of my story. It's part of my life, man. I'm sorry. It's just like having blue eyes. I have blue eyes. That's, you know, I can't, I can't fix that. I can put contacts in that make them brown, but I still have blue eyes at the end of the day. So I can sit here and do a whole podcast and never mention God and talk about, uh, you know, I can do a bunch of funny voices and I can interview my characters and all of that, but that's not the core. That's not the heart. That's not the real me. Right. So once I pop those contacts out, oh, there's the real James. That's the one my wife goes, oh, there's those eyes. I love those eyes. So you guys want, you're listening to this because you want the real story. You want the real James. You want to know who I really am. You want to know what my real story is. You want to know how I really have succeeded in voiceover to become an actor in Hollywood working daily as a voice actor and getting paid. This is my story. This is how I did it. I beat every single odd. I mean, look at the odds. Look at the odds of high school dropouts making it. And, you know, and and, and I don't say that like braggadocious or anything, because I'll tell you what, every time I hear that, because I'm on, you know, I listen to radio or podcasts or other things and I hear people talk about, well, you know, trying to encourage everybody to make sure they get their high school diploma or trying to encourage people to go to college and stuff. And there's, there's always a part of me that kind of goes, well, hey man, I didn't do it. And and so I don't say it like, uh, yeah, if you're a dropout, you're going to uh, not succeed. I'm just saying you do go against the odds if you do, but you can do it. My goodness. But I'm also not telling anybody. Here's here's the backside of that story. So any of you that are kind of going, oh, see, I don't need to finish high school. I don't need. It is one of the biggest heartaches of my life to not have a diploma and to not say that I got to walk down that aisle. James Taylor. Thank you. You know, didn't get any of that. I didn't get any of that. And it's, and, and, and then when you're in a room with people the rest of your life, even now, I'm 49 years old. Oh, where did you go to school? Oh, well, I, I went, I went to high school in Santa Barbara where I'm from. Does he go to college? No. Oh, and see, it usually just stops there, but sometimes people will push. So you just, just high school. So what, you know, well, what was your thing? So like when you graduated, see, I, I could just go, well, I got into radio, but the truth is I didn't graduate. So if, and, and I'm somebody that always tells the truth. So if somebody goes, so after you graduated, I said, well, I didn't actually graduate. I dropped out after 10th grade and I got into radio and stand up comedy and I pursued all of that. Oh, and instantly in their minds and in their body, I see it. I see it in their body. I see it. I don't see it in their minds. I can't. I'm not that good. I'm not. Even though I, I voice Professor Charles Xavier, I can't read anybody's minds. Um, so <laughs> you see it. So it becomes not. I don't want to say it's a regret um, because I try to not have regrets, but it is something that sticks with you. So uh, if you're thinking about dropping out of high school, don't do it. Don't do it. Stick with it. Image yourself finishing that. If you don't go to college, hey, man, that's cool. Whatever. But, you know, if you can go to college, go to college. <laughs> Why not? Okay. I mean, honestly, I miss all of that. My wife went to college. My wife graduated. Obviously, she went to college. Uh, all my friends graduated, went to college, did all that. They enjoyed their lives. I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any of that. So it's not, um, it's not a badge I wear of honor. You know, I'm a high school dropout. And look at me. I make this much money and I do this and I, I'm known all over the world. No. 
I say it kind of like, yeah, graduate high school. I could hide it from you. I could not talk about it here. You know, there's a lot of parents that are probably going, James, 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 shut up, man. My kid's listening. I'm telling you and I'm telling your kids, go finish high school. Do it. Go to college if you can. You know, if you can't afford it and all of that, go to city college. Uh, if you if you can't afford it and you're not into it, uh, you know, uh, pursue what you love. Because there's, there's, see, I'm not a big college, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge college guy. If my daughter doesn't want to go to college, I'm kind of like, okay, well, what do you want to do? You know, where do you want to go? Now, if she's like, well, I want to be a doctor, it's like, well, sorry, honey, you got to go to college. <laughs> you know, I want to be a teacher. Sorry, honey, you got to go to college. But if she's like, you know, I want to be a writer. See, that's tricky. So she could get a, she could, because she does, she wants to be a writer. She could get all sorts, she could go take writing and stuff and it probably would advance her so much easier, so much quicker. But here's the other thing. If she's a really talented writer and she's writing great stories already, which she is at 13 and she wants to become a writer and she starts writing, you know, I mean, so again, but, but guess what? She's finishing high school and she's going to take some college courses anyways, even if it's local city college. I am telling you, most city colleges are fantastic. Okay. So I'm just saying, don't let, don't, you know, because if it's a money thing, okay, you know, that's tough because I get that. I grew up with nothing. You know, we did not have money. My mom raising three kids uh, on a woman's salary in a man's world at the time in the 1970s and the 1980s, you know, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't anything. So, um, you know, one of the greatest gifts ever was 1977, 78. Get, you know, just sneaking downstairs. And my mom and my sister uh, slept in the uh, living room because we had a one bedroom apartment that we all lived in. And uh, it had an upstairs and a downstairs, like a townhousey kind of thing. But it was only one bedroom. My brother and I slept in that. And my mom and my sister uh, slept downstairs on sofas uh, in the living room. And I remember Christmas morning going down at, you know, five, six in the morning to see if Santa Claus got me that. Uh, that Darth Vader lightsaber. And guess what? He did. One of the coolest things ever. So thank you, mom. If it's a money issue, I get it. But don't deny yourself an education. Go to high school. Finish high school. Uh, go to college if you can. If you want, if it's really a passionate uh, thing that you want to do in life, that you need that degree, get that degree, man. Do it. Okay. Oh my goodness, it's the James Arnold Taylor podcast and we are uh, talking about serious things here today. Uh, I am really, really wanting you all to pursue those dreams. I want you to feel those dreams. I want you to image those dreams, okay? Here's the other thing. Here's the, oops, let, me, let me put my glasses on. Norman Vincent Peale, okay? Norman Vincent Peale, the man that wrote The Power of Positive Thinking, Power of Positive Living. Uh, tell yourself you are successful at imaging. So if you're like, I can't image this. Okay. I don't know how to image this perfect me, James, that you're talking about and going on about and being all passionate about rrr, 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 James. I can't do it. Then start by telling yourself you are successful at imaging and that you have unlimited faith. Okay. I don't know, James, you know, your whole God thing intrigues me, but, uh, you know, I don't really know and I don't really have any faith and I just really tell yourself you have unlimited faith. Believe it. Tell yourself you're, uh, you are successful at imaging that perfect you. And guess what? Eventually it comes into fruition. Pray, visualize, actualize. 
And uh, that is, you know, just some of what I, you know, this is, this is the direction I want my life to go into. What, what, so James, what do you image? What do I image? I image helping all of you come up with your stories, seeing your stories come to fruition and uh, being able to concentrate, all of you being able to concentrate, all of you not desiring to be on your cell phones all the time uh, or on a device, but being able to get outside to breathe, to think, to calm your minds, to not be obsessed with... Um, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, video games, any of it, but enjoy those things as fun, but know you're here to change the world in a different way than that and not sitting in a cubicle designing video games the rest of your life. And there's nothing wrong with that uh, as far as a job if you're creating cool things and enjoying it, but we are getting so inundated with technology. So what's my image? My image is showing you that there's life outside of all that technology, showing you that there's peace of mind and there is uh, a way to concentrate and to fill your heart and minds and souls with more than just stuff. Okay. More than just voiceover, more than just money, more than just uh, fame, more than just recognition, more than just adoration, more than just food, more than just technology, more than just another game. There is so much more than that. I happen to be very blessed to uh, work in this industry and uh, do all of these things. But at the end of the day, what I hope happens by people seeing a game or playing a game that I'm in is that they go, so who's in that? And then they look and then they see and then they find out who I am and what I'm about. And they go, oh, that's cool. He's not just about all of that. And here it goes deeper and this is who he is. And oh, and then next thing you know, we've got people that are just imaging the coolest lives for themselves. That's what I want of all of you. It's always what I've always wanted. I've been very clear on that. That's why I wrote my book. That's why so many people have come to me and said it works. So that's what I want. I want the best for you. I want the best for you, specifically you that is listening to this right now. I am still talking to you and I still believe in you. And I do, I get passionate about it because I know it's very easy to go, yeah, but he's talking to a bunch of people. No, I'm talking to you. I pray for each and every one of you. I really do all the time. And I hope for the best for everybody that listens to this or that is on my Twitter or Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or email or website, my website, any of that, or that come to events and see me or meet me at cons. I pray for you all. I hope for you all. I hope for the best for all of you, for health and goodness and mercy and guidance. So that's, that's, that's me in a nutshell, baby. Uh, that's it. Okay, so I haven't done any voices. I haven't been silly. I haven't made you laugh in a while. So it's the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Da -da 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 podcast. Chatcast. Woohoo. Okay. Um, <clears throat> hey. I uh, I had a um, fun experience this last week. 
uh, weekend, I should say. So, um, for those of you that know the world of Star Wars and all that, yes, he's talking about Star Wars again. Sorry, guys, I will talk about other things soon. But here's the thing, Star Wars is kind of in the forefront uh, as far as my career goes right now, is a lot of uh, a lot of Star Wars news, a lot of Clone Wars news happening lately. So so that is kind of the uh, thrust of a lot of these episodes here. And, uh, you know, I apologize to the Ratchet & Clank and Final Fantasy fans and uh, all the other fans of other whatever stuff I voice and do. Um, that huge contingency of uh, Huckleberry Hound fans. I haven't voiced Huckleberry Hound in years, but anyways. Um, so uh, this this last week, Tracy Canobio, who is the uh, wonderful, uh, delightful um, person in charge of publicity there at Lucasfilm. Tracy uh, is lovely and wonderful and emailed me and my fellow Clone Wars castmates saying... Hey guys, last minute, but there is this event going on up at Big Rock Ranch. Now, do you know what Big Rock Ranch is, everybody? Big Rock Ranch is George Lucas's facility, and it is where they used to make the Clone Wars. And uh, it is just down the road from Skywalker Ranch, which is George Lucas's ranch where he has an inn and then there's skywalker sound is there on the premises there at skywalker ranch where all of the sound for pretty much every movie uh, ever is made and mixed and matthew wood the voice of general grievous and all the battle droids and everything uh works there with david acord and all and they mix sound for all these fantastic movies and stuff and then they get nominated for oscars and things and uh, Skywalker Sound is at Skywalker Ranch, and that is down the street from Big Rock Ranch. But at Big Rock Ranch, they were going to have an event with George Lucas and Dave Filoni showing, Dave Filoni being the director of Star Wars The Clone Wars, the TV series that I was on for many years as the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, for those of you that may not know and are finding this podcast for the first time. So... There's going to be this event, Tracy says, and it is happening Monday, and uh, today is Friday I'm recording this. This is uh, Friday, the 21st of September that I'm recording this episode, and this was uh, to be on, um, let me look at my calendar. So it was the 17th. We were going to do the screening, so it was just, uh, it was earlier this week, right? So she says, this is going to happen on Monday, last minute I know, because they sent it on like Thursday or Friday. If you happen to be in town and want to come to the screening, we're going to show four episodes of Clone Wars from the past episodes. Not new ones yet. Those aren't out yet. And George and Dave are going to do a Q&A afterwards. You want to come in and, uh, and be a part of it. So myself, Catherine Tabor, and Ashley Eckstein, um, Ahsoka Tano is Ashley, and Padme Amidala is uh, Catherine Tabor. The three of us said, yeah, man, we can do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Let's do it. Okay, so we do it. So Kat and I get in a, uh, we get in Kat's uh, um, car, and I drive us to uh, Skywalker Ranch on Sunday. So we leave because we're like, oh, we want to go and stay at the inn because we hadn't stayed at the inn. So we used to, when we did the show, the Clone Wars and stuff, there were, uh, you know, probably like once a year we would get to go over there and hang out at Skywalker Ranch and stay in the rooms. And the rooms are amazing and the space is amazing. It is one of the most magical places on the planet. It really is. It's just beautiful, gorgeous. It is all nature. He has his own, you know, farm and uh, they, 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 all the food and everything is, is grown there. The, and then the, the the cattle and everything and the eggs for the chickens and the, you know, all of that. It's all done there. It is a, it is a working ranch. They have their own fire department. They have, of course, their, their own uh, gazillion dollar sound uh, design studio, <laughs> like every ranch has. Anyways, so 
we hadn't been there in a long time, been a few years because, you know, Clone Wars has gone bye-bye and all of that. And so so we're like, yeah, let's go. So Kat and I get in her little uh, land speeder and we uh, drive over to the area there up north. We're in the Los Angeles area there in the San Francisco area. And so we get in the car, we drive up there, we get there and we uh, stay a couple nights and and it is magical. And then, so the next night, so then, uh, and so Ashley Eckstein and her uh, wonderful husband, David Eckstein, the, um, of course, the major league ball player, the MVP ball player. Uh, he's just fantastic. Uh, what a wonderful human being and, and what a wonderful human being Ashley is. They show up because, of course, they flew because they're like, you guys are nuts driving. But uh, no, uh, because their schedule is busy and all. And, and um, so they f- uh, flew up there. And so the the four of us, Got to just hang out and walk around Skywalker Ranch all day on Monday. And then that night went and drove up the road to Big Rock Ranch and met with our uh, old uh, director. And I don't say old like he's old, although he would say that. Now he goes, I'm getting old. In fact, he said that to me that day. Uh, Dave Filoni, I'm getting old. I'm all old now. Like Dave, you're not old. Um, I am older than him. So, but I didn't say that because you know what? I'm youthful. Anyways, so we all go there. They've they've converted. Uh, the Big Rock uh, is now being uh, changed into like a a conference center type place where they have uh, they've so all the offices that was where they made Clone Wars and stuff are now like rooms, like hotel rooms, and they uh, rent it out to uh, people for these big conventions and stuff. But I mean, it, don't get me wrong, it's bucks. It's a lot of bucks to to do that. But um, and that is a thing that George Lucas and his lovely wife have now put together to do uh, to encourage and inspire um, some of the the big, you know, world leadery kind of folks of the world to help them become good, better leaders and people and such. And, and uh, you know, George Lucas is always giving. He's, he's just giving and giving. So anyways, we go up there. We go to Big Rock. We see all the changes now because now it's almost like a hotel or something. It's kind of strange in that, but it's not where we all used to like kind of go and do Clone Wars. But um, we watch in the theater there some episodes of Clone Wars. And then Dave and George get up there and David Collins, the uh, fantastic, you know, David hosts a lot of things at celebrations and stuff as well. And he's directed me in many video games and things and worked at uh, LucasArts for many years and is a very talented voice actor, a very talented composer, has his own podcast called, um, I believe it was called Oxygen, about the music of Star Wars and John Williams and composing uh, music for film and such. David is a very talented musician. He, of course, also voices Han Solo for many things and uh, does the uh, radio plays with Kyle Newman uh, at Celebration and stuff, and where he plays Han Solo in that. So David sits down with Dave Filoni and George Lucas and interviews them after we watch four episodes of The Clone Wars. Which ones did we watch? Oh, gosh, we watched um, one of the first. We, so we watched one from uh, ep- from season one. Let me pull, you know what? Let me, let me see if I can figure this out. I'm going to go on the internets here, the interwebs, the, uh, oh, go to IMDb. So from season one... We watched episode five, Rookies, okay? Then from season two, Landing at Point Rain, also episode five. Then we watched Monster, where they create Darth Maul. And then the last episode we watched, The Jedi Who Knew Too Much, episode 18. Oh, man, I got to tell you what, watching all of these 
uh, from uh, you know from each season and seeing the growth of the animation, all of our acting, the storytelling, the movement, and sitting right next to uh, Ashley Eckstein, Catherine Tabor, and Dave Filoni while watching it all and kind of taking it all in and each in between each episode, kind of kind of you know muttering to ourselves, "Oh, look at that!" Look at that. I mean, and, and first off, let me tell you, landing at Point Rain, a game changer, total game changer, and uh, totally changed the uh, uh, the the landscape for them. So. After this, they sit down and Dave and George talk about things like that. And first off, let me say this. They were both so funny. They were really funny, giving each other a bad time. They were like two old buddies getting together and talking about uh, the work they did, you know. And George Lucas, the first thing, and I, I had a nerd out George Lucas moment later, which I'll tell you about in a minute here. And this is why. Because George Lucas is sitting there talking about things. And he's talking about you know, the technology and that he never looked at Clone Wars as an animated show. He looked at it as a, as a, uh, as a movie, as an on-camera movie. He looked at it as a, as just, so he created this show just the same way he created all the movies. He looked at it the same way. He didn't go, oh, I'm making a kid's show. I'm making an animated movie. I'm making a cartoon. I'm making a TV show. No, I'm making movies. And that was what he held everybody else up to as well. And that's what they did, right? So he's saying all of this. And he's talking about how, you know, if they couldn't do something, they would create the technology. He would push them farther. He would push Dave farther. He would teach Dave all this. And now Dave's like, yeah, and I now I employ all of that in the shows I do. And and so it was really beautiful and wonderful to see all of that, to hear all of that. But, you know, at the end, George is talking about things like Planet of the Apes, the new Planet of the Apes movies, which I really loved. And, and, and he uh, he apparently really enjoyed them as well. And he's talking about the technology because he was saying like, you know, how now... Here's what it does. It allows us to tell stories better because now you could have Planet of the Apes where the apes are the good guys and they all look like real apes and it's amazing. And Because it is. If you didn't see the Planet of the Apes movies, you do yourself a favor. Watch all three of the new Planet of the Apes movies, especially the very last one was that Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So amazing. Such a touching story. Such a great story. It's just film. It is just what a movie is about. Um, and the fact that the technology allowed it to be to where... These apes just exist as we watch it is phenomenal. And so that's what he was saying was like, you know, this technology has allowed us this. And I wanted to scream out while we were sitting there listening to him talk. But that's all because of you, George, because you pushed the barriers, you pushed the limits, you pushed everybody in Hollywood and outside of that in filmmaking and the whole art of filmmaking to to strive to become that with what he did with the original Star Wars and then on into the next ones and the prequels and everything else. He pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. In fact, you know what, everybody? Sorry, if you don't like the prequels, guess what? If we didn't have the prequels, there's a very good chance we wouldn't have a lot of the technology that we have today in all the movies that you love. You know, the Marvel movies, the Lord of the Rings, all of these things. If you didn't have those prequels, you know, and George putting his money down to to create that and make that happen, then... uh. You don't have all this stuff. And so I wanted to just scream that to him. And uh, so instead, you know, afterwards, we're all standing there with George Lucas and Dave Filoni and Lynn Hale, who's a wonderful, uh, you know, publicist there at, at uh, uh, Lucasfilm and, and Tracy Canobio. And it's Ashley and Kat and I. And we're all standing there. And, and I'm like, I'm sorry, Mr. Lucas, but I have to tell you this. You, you were saying all of that about technology, but... 
We only have this technology because of you. And I kind of nerded, I totally nerded out, you know, and I'm like, you know, like it's all, and he gives me this surprise look like, oh my gosh, you know, like this guy's losing his mind. Um, but I was like, so thank you because we wouldn't have had it without you. And I don't feel like enough people tell you that, but it's because of what you did to push the envelope. So thank you for what you do. And I go, and I'm not kissing up. And he gives me this look kind of, you know, and everything. And I'm like, I'm not kissing up at all. I'm just telling you, we have all of this because of you. So thank you. And I think he heard it, you know, but I was also just like, oh God, I was just a total nerd. But, you know, so that's what you So Obi-Wan Kenobi nerded out with George Lucas, his creator. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, it was a neat moment. Uh, for nonetheless, and that's not the first time I've met George Lucas, you know, that was like the fifth or sixth time that I've been there talking with him and such. But, you know, it's like, I just had to tell him that because I don't think the world sees it enough. And watching him talk there that night and just seeing all of that and how he has always just pushed the envelope. Oh, you can't do that in a cartoon? Oh, you can't do that on a cartoon that's a half hour TV show? Well, we'll do it then. Oh, you need money? for it? Well, okay, here's the money. Let's do it. That's, you know, it's not just about money. But it was his, his vision because he didn't always have that money, but he's always had that vision and he's always pushed it and he's always done really wonderful things with it. So the whole world is um, is blessed by it. So God bless George Lucas. And and uh, thank you, Mr. Lucas, for letting us come up to your ranch and uh, watch those episodes with you and to hear and see you and be inspired by you. I am an absolute fan of his not just because of Star Wars, but as an innovator, as of what he has brought to the world. And uh, it's pretty darn cool. So, and, and he is constantly giving to charity and constantly giving f to create bigger, better things for people. So uh, kudos to him and to his wife and to his family. Uh, thank you for what they do. So anyways, I thought you would all enjoy that. So then um, Kat and I, then the next day, walk around the uh, the ranch and hang out. Because Ashley and David had to take a real early plane. But we all stayed up really late talking in the main house. So there's this, this main house at the ranch, George's main house. And we went and we got to walk through the library there. And we got to go places we never knew we could go before. And all that. My daughter has been there and done all that. I think I may have said this story already in another thing. But she's uh, when she was a little, like four or five-year-old, Lynn Hale uh, got to take her into all these places, she took her down to the archives, took her into George's office. She got to see all these things as a little kid because she knew it was like, she's never going to remember this. But uh, so anyways, that was pretty cool. But, um, and Lydia was amazing. Uh, Lydia, my daughter, met George Lucas in an elevator once at the Presidio and he was so sweet to her and so nice. And she was like five years old and uh, yeah, it was pretty great. But anyways, uh, I digress. So uh, Kat and I walk around uh, the, the rest of the morning uh, at Skywalker Ranch and just soak in all that goodness. And then we got back in the car and we drove for six hours back home, got home that night. And then I had to do some work for Fox. The Simpsons, Bob's Burgers coming up next on Fox. And, uh, and then uh, got to kiss my wife and daughter and go, what kind of life do I live? I'm the luckiest man in the world. Pretty stinking cool. So again, it all goes back to, and so if you think your dreams won't take you anywhere, they will. Okay, that's what this episode is all about. Your dreams take you places, man. They do. I've been so fortunate to be in the room with so many uh, wonderful people, interview so many people, and uh, have a really neat life. And, uh, you know, I've sung, I've sung uh, God Bless America uh, and um, the National Anthem. Duh. Sorry, I'm... I'm 
you know, I'll be honest. I'm texting my wife right now as I'm talking to you all because she just uh, let me know that she's coming home. And so I'm sending her a little thumbs up. So I was looking and t- do not podcast and text at the same time. It's dangerous. I don't normally text a lot, but if my wife texts me, I have to get back to her. So in the middle of that story, she texted me and I need to at least send her a thumbs up saying yes. So anyways, um, there you go. Cool, crazy life that I have. And I've, yeah, I've been able to sing uh, the Dodger games in front of 55,000 people sold out game because of uh, Star Wars. And so pretty crazy life, man. So keep dreaming, everybody. It's the James Arnold Taylor podcast. <laughs> really? Are you going to start doing that again? <laughs> I am preparing. Okay. Yeah, sorry. It's everybody. It's uh, time for the uh, get to know Jat segment. I was about to tell them that. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It is time for the get to know Jat segment, which you've already said, and now they don't care. I'm Reginald Blythewood the third, your host for get to know Jat. Thank you, Reggie. Uh, Reginald. All right. So. Reginald, what's your what's your big uh, question so everybody can get to know me? I, you know, the thing is, is on this episode, I don't know if you were listening. Yes, I was listening earlier. I, I thought that was great, James. I will say that. You know me. You know I always think it's great when you're honest about everything. Right. Well, so I was. I wasn't just doing voices and joking around. I was being really sincere and honest in this podcast about people and their dreams and imaging and all of that. Right. No, I know. It's great. Right, 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 right. So, anyways... So maybe you have maybe like a lighthearted topic then because we've already kind of got kind of deep. Do you have something? Let me see. I mean, I think that's, it's not a bad idea. Let's see. Oh, yes. Right. Um, what's the perfect meal? What's the perfect meal? Right. For me? Yes, of course for you. Oh, um... Perfect meal for me is something that most people are going to go like, oh, really, James? And you know, but um, it is. It is brown rice, steamed vegetables, probably broccoli, cauliflower, uh, kabocha squash. If you don't know what kabocha squash is, you're missing out, man. It's a Japanese pumpkin squash and it is delicious. Uh, some greens, like maybe kale or collard greens steamed with a little sea salt and olive oil and then a protein be it a uh little thing of like lentil beans Ooh, yeah lentil beans are pretty darn good i think that would probably be yeah that would be it yeah that would be my perfect meal um uh yeah and that and here's the the lovely thing that he, that meal is so easy to make and it's so delicious and filling and satisfying and uh and your body loves it too right I think that's wonderful. You know, I'm, of course, British. At least you tell everybody you are. I don't know what that means. But anyways, so you know, a lot of our food is not always uh, the most healthy and all, but I've been here now in the States with you and and we eat and we eat together and you're like, try this, try this, try this. Right, 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 right. Stop it. And I have to tell you, eating healthy can be easy, it can be affordable, and it can be quite simple and delicious. Well, that's great, Reggie, Reginald. I, I, I love that um, you, you find it to be that way. Here's the thing I tell people with that meal. Cook some brown rice. Go get some, you know, if you can get some organic brown rice, that's pretty great. Your grocery store should have regular organic brown rice, but if just regular brown rice even. Not white rice, okay? Brown rice. 
you here's what you do. You clean it. So you you know you get water in there. You rinse it off. You strain it. You know make sure it's clean. Then you uh, so if you do a cup, say you do a cup, or let's say you're doing a half a cup. Let's say you're doing a half a cup of rice. Then you do a uh, cup of water. So you just double the amount of water for the rice. Right, right, right. You put that in a pot. You throw some uh, sea salt in it. What we put in it, because this comes from my macrobiotic training. Now, macrobiotic being uh, the uh, macro being big and biotic being life, big life. But the macrobiotic diet comes from uh, Japanese culture. Right, that's right, that's right, Reginald. And it was made for people uh, when they are ill. Uh, so a lot of people with cancer and such, they uh, go on a macrobiotic diet and they find it to be very helpful. Yes, it is helpful and healthful. And I went on a macrobiotic diet when I was uh, sick many, many years ago, right? So I found that's the one thing that kind of stuck with me that I really liked was uh, still eating really healthy and good and all that. So it's it's kind of a macrobiotic thing. But here's the macrobiotic thing you put in the rice for me is you get a little kombu, which is seaweed, just a little postage stamp. You cut it into little postage stamp size pieces. And then you use that instead of salt when you salt things, when you cook things and you drop that in the water and it salts it. And, and see, see, um, uh, seaweed has all sorts of really good minerals and vitamins and all of that in it. So that goes into the rice and the water and it cooks into it and it gives it, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. So, um, so I would, you, you simply put a little postage stamp of kombu or you could put a pinch of sea salt in there and uh, you bring that up to a boil. And then once it's boiled, you turn it down, cover it and let it just kind of simmer on, on low for like 35 minutes. And you cook that rice at the most 35 minutes. I know everybody's going, yeah, I can put it in a microwave. No, 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 no. Just, you know, take your time because while you're cooking the rice, then you go to the fridge, you pull out your broccoli, you pull out your cauliflower, you pull out your kabocha squash, you cut it all up, you wash it off. Well, you wash it off, then you cut it up and you, then you prep your steamer. So you get a little, you get a steamer basket and you can get those anywhere. This is easy at uh, the grocery store and stuff. They sell little steamer baskets and you, you put all those veggies in the steamer. Now here's the trick to steaming vegetables, everybody. Because you go to a place and you ask for steamed vegetables or most people get it and they're like mush and they're dark and they're bleh. No, that's, here's what you do. You do it in segments and you have to know which vegetable cooks faster and which doesn't. So if I have, like I said, cauliflower, broccoli, kabocha squash and uh, collard greens, say, okay, first one I put in. So I start the steamer. I get that. I put a nice bit of water in there. I put the steamer basket in and I cover it. And so it starts steaming. It starts creating the steam. Then I, Reggie, you're not saying anything. I'm intrigued. I'm just intrigued listening. Just go, go, go. Tell us. Good, because there's really not much for you to say in this. Right. So that steamer basket's going. Now I take the kabocha squash, which again is a Japanese pumpkin squash. And it's really sweet. You think of pumpkin and you, you know, like most people will eat a pumpkin, right? Right. And you have to sweeten a pumpkin when you make pumpkin pie and stuff. Right, right, right. Well, this is not the same thing at all. This is almost more like a butternut squash, but better, tastier, sweeter, lovelier. So you cut open this kabocha squash and you just, and you can eat the skin too if it's organic. If it's not organic, cut the skin off. But you cube it into little just cubes, right? Just little cubes. And not tiny cubes like a die, but like, a, you know, like a dice, um, but a block, you know, like an inch by inch, say, cubed of the kabocha squash. You throw that in the steamer first, okay? 
Right. How long does it go in the steamer then? I'm glad you asked because you you got to say something at this point. Right. How long? Um. So I would cook the kabocha for about 10 minutes. Right. So when I know my rice has gotten out, see, because again, I've taken my time. I've been washing my vegetables. I've been doing all that. I've been breathing. I've been practicing mindfulness while I'm doing all of this. Thanking God. Oh, look at this. Isn't this lovely? I'm in my kitchen. I'm washing these vegetables. I look out the window. I see the birds and my bird bath outside. And I take all that in. I, my rice is cooking over here. I, I might even then go over if I'm doing beans, say, if I'm doing lentil beans, I might cook the beans. Or if I get like a can of beans, you can get a can of beans like garbanzo, chickpeas, garbanzo beans. Wonderful. Okay. But if I'm cooking lentils, I do the same process with the lentils as I did with the rice. I rinse it. I put it in a a pot on its own. I bring it to a boil with a little stamp of the kombu, the seaweed in there and a little sea salt maybe, uh, because uh, the beans, you can salt them a little more than you would the rice. Give it that kind of nice kind of flavor. Um, if you're really crazy, you could put a little tamari in there, which is like a soy sauce in the water or, 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 Ooh, check this out. Get an onion or get a leek. I prefer a leek over an onion. And you, uh, which is really in the onion family, you dice that real small and you throw that in the water with the lentil beans. Ooh, man, that infuses the water, which then cooks into the beans. Uh, The beans usually don't take as long as the rice. So you put the rice on first, then you go to your, your beans, right? And then you put those in and turn the flame on that, bring it up to a boil, then bring it down. You don't cover the beans. You cover the rice, but you don't cover the beans. Okay. And you let those just cook. And those will cook for about eh, 20 minutes. They don't need much more than 20, 25 minutes at the most, especially if you're doing a smaller amount, even less. But so you've got your beans going. You've got your lentil beans cooking over here. You've got your rice cooking over there. You've got your steamer basket. So you're using three burners on your stove. Look at you. You are amazing. And then you throw, when you know there's about 10 minutes left on both of those two things, the rice and the beans, you throw your kabocha squash in the steamer. Okay. Right. This is exciting. This is exciting. Go, 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 go. But what else? What, what, what else? Well, what else? Well, you could do a sauce. I do a tahini dressing. I'm intrigued by that. I've tasted it. What is it? Tell everybody what that is. Right. Well, tahini is basically sesame seeds and uh, they make tahini butter, which is just like peanut butter. but It's just sesame seeds crunched up into a, a, a nut butter. And so you uh, take the tahini you put it in. Now you're using all four burners on your burner on your stovetop. Look at you, unless you got one of the big fancy burners. Um, and you put that in a little pan with water, or I use coconut milk. And then I put in tamari and I put a little olive oil. I put in some salt. I put in a little seasoning. Um, I put in some of that leek, leftover diced leek in, in with the tahini, which is like a, a nut butter, right? So you mix it all up in there with the water and the coconut milk and everything. Uh, you could use almond milk. You could use rice milk or whatever too. Uh, you, I guess you could use regular milk, but I don't. I don't use regular milk. I don't do dairy. You put that in a little pan and you bring that just a real. You put it on low because you just want to slow cook that. Okay. So now you you've got that going. You're gonna have this wonderful. Oh oh oh! You could take a lemon by the way. Take a lemon and squeeze it into that sauce, that tahini sauce, and that's a lemon tahini dressing. Man, simple too. Simple. I will. I promise you all. I will make videos of all this at some point. So, so ten minutes uh, to go. You throw the kabocha squash in there and you put it in. You leave that in there on its own for a good uh, five to seven minutes. I'm gonna say. Well, no, no, five minutes. Five minutes. Okay, five minutes. At five minutes, you take the cauliflower. Now you put the cauliflower in. Now you haven't. Don't cut the cauliflower into tiny little pieces. You cut it into nice little, you know, chunks as well. Throw that cauliflower in there now. Okay. So now there's five more minutes. So now that's cooking. Okay. Then, 
Then when you know there's only two minutes left on the steamer and you go, well, James, how do I know? Well, it's just 10 minutes. Just give yourself 10 minutes. Uh, so when, when it's been eight minutes, throw in the broccoli. Yep. Throw in the broccoli. When there's 30 seconds left of that 10 minutes, throw in the collard greens, then throw them in, leave them on for 30 seconds, turn the, turn the burner off, turn the heat off, keep it covered. Let it sit for a minute maybe a minute at the most. Then you take your rice, take your beans, you put all those on the plate. Then you take the lid off of the steamed vegetables. You bring it over, you set it down, and now you have perfectly steamed vegetables, each one within its time period. Because if you throw all those vegetables in at once, the the broccoli is going to turn to brown mush. The collard greens are going to turn to mush. The, The cauliflower will too. The kabocha would be the only thing worth eating. And then it's all in with this mushy blah. But if you do it the other way, you've got nice, crisp, vibrant, green, beautiful green broccoli, beautiful green greens. The, the, the um, cauliflower is nice and bright and vibrant white, a little crunch to it, really nice. The kabocha is nice and soft and, and sweet, like a, like a yam. It's, it's like a yam, kind of. That's the thing. So you've got the sweet with the regular veggies. You put some salt on there. You put some olive oil on there. You throw some of the tahini sauce over there, and then you put it all over the whole thing. You put the tahini sauce over the whole meal. Bing, bam, boom. There's my ultimate meal, Reginald. Right. I'm going to guess most people are not going to like that meal. (laughs) I know. I know. Everybody listening is going, James, I'll just go to Burger King. No, no, no. Don't, please. Here's my whole point. Do me a favor. Uh, Try to make a healthy meal. It doesn't have to be that meal, but a healthy meal that doesn't require your body to process a lot. That's why you do that. That's why you do vegetables. That's why you do rice. That's why you do stuff like that. Your body doesn't then work too hard to, to, to process that food. Make a meal like that once a week and tell me how well you sleep that night compared to the other nights. You know, that's all. I'm telling you, it, it's so much better for your body. Your body doesn't work as hard. There you go. Reggie, have we, Reginald, um, have, we, have we learned... Right. I think I think this particular episode of your show has been brilliant. I think most people are going to go, well, he didn't really talk about the Star Wars as much, although he did talk about it. He didn't really talk about voiceover, although he did talk about how his career was made and what he does to image and all that. And he didn't really talk about like his ultimate favorite things, but he did in his food. And then, in fact, he even gave us a cooking lesson. So while this was not your typical talking to myself episode where you were talking to other people, at the other voices that you do. Right, 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 right. Stop it. You gave them a great show. And I think people in the long run will say, I want more of that, James. Inspire me. Really? Yes. Well, thank you, Reginald. I, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you saying that. It is my pleasure. I'm going to go make that meal now. All right, well, good. See ya. Goodbye. Well, look at that. Hey, um, we should do some of your, uh, we still have a little time. Let's do some uh, Q&A, huh? Let's take some of your emails. All right. Well, taking a look at the website, if you've gone to jamesarnoldtaylor.com and has submitted questions for me for anything, I will see them here and I will go through them and try to answer some of your questions. Okay, question number one comes from Stephen Walker of the United States. He says, Hi, Jat. My question to you is this. Would you recommend that I pursue getting an agent and trying to obtain SAG-AFTRA status or remaining where I am non-union, doing a few local radio spots a month, no royalties, and learning radio? 
I am a professional voice actor. I work at it full-time, but only get paid small amounts. I have a separate full-time job. I desire to voice cartoons and video games. This is who I am. I do not do voice acting simply because I can do voices. I do voice acting because that's all I want to do since I was four years old. Oh, just like me. That's all I want to do since I was four years old. Steven, so look at that. Check you out. Thank you and God bless. P.S. I'd love to see this in a jet drive. I watch these so much. Okay. Well, um... First off, thank you, Stephen. I get where you're coming from. So Stephen's question is, for those of you that kind of don't really know the language, the lingo that we're talking about right here, uh, the SAG-AFTRA is a Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, which I am a member of. So I'm part of the unions, and I've talked about that before. Um, so in Hollywood, in Los, uh, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, all the big kind of areas, most work is union work. And so most work that you see on television and movies and things like that, we're all union actors. And so, um, and the cartoons and things. So he's asking, should he try to become a union actor and, and do all of that or just stay where he's at doing local stuff and uh, learning radio? You know, everybody's journey is their own, Stephen, is what I would say. So I can't really answer that question for you completely because, you know, for one, I, I don't know your work. I don't know. But I do appreciate what you said. You know, you're not just doing voices uh, because I, and I know why you put that in there. You're saying that because, you know, it's what a, a lot of times I spend saying to people. Don't just think voice acting is just doing voices. It's a craft. It's an art. And that's what he's saying. He loves it as well. And it's interesting that he says he's uh, loved it since he was four years old because I have loved it since I was four years old. And I've always talked about that. And so it's rare to find anybody else that uh, uh, has that same story. So what do I recommend, Stephen? I I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I mean... I think that if you really are passionate about this, then you try to pursue it and you uh, get your demos out to agents out here and you you see what you can do uh, because, you know, that's that's if that's your vision, that's your dream, that's your goal, you got to go for it, just like I've been talking about in this episode. So um, if you enjoy radio and want to do it, well, then go for it. Uh, but if you're saying, should I settle and do radio, or should I pursue my dream? I'm going to tell you to pursue your dream, but know that that may not be the easiest thing in the world. And there's going to be a lot that gets in your way. And there's going to be, uh, there's a, there's a ton of people that want to do it, but if you can do it and you believe it, then go for it, my friend, go for it. Uh, and, uh, you know, just keep pushing through and love the craft of voiceover. So there you go. I I hope I answered without really kind of, I know I didn't really totally answer, but there you go. All right. So let's go to one more. We've got time for one more. This this episode went a little long. So, but we've got time for one more question. We'll do one more. This is a uh, from Aaron Priest. Aaron Priest of the United Kingdom. Ah, hello, Aaron. And you spell your name a little differently. A-R-O-N. And Priest like Greece, but with a P. So I hope I'm pronouncing everything right there, Aaron. All right. So Aaron says, loved both. Hi, James. First off, I love both versions of the Clone Wars and find your performance as Obi-Wan to be absolutely stellar. Both versions, meaning the micro series and then the uh, show that you all know uh, and love. Uh, So I played Obi-Wan Kenobi in both of those. I find you really brought life to the character in all media from the video games to the shows. However, my question relates to Plo Koon. Well, good. I, you know, I don't get a lot of Plo Koon questions, so that's very cool, Aaron. What do you got? Let's see. It says, I was curious to know how much of the distinct muffled voice of Plo Koon is yours, and if anything was dubbed in the studio. Uh, 
puts uh, an effect to muffle the voice. The, the effect, okay. And if it was 100% you, how hard was it to maintain said effect? Thanks for reading and take care, Aaron. All right. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Aaron. I appreciate that question. The The voice of Plo Koon is, of course, uh, primarily me, yes, uh, but Matt Wood, the genius sound designer there at uh, Lucas uh, Skywalker Sound that I was talking about earlier, did do a little effect. He had created what he called the Plo Koon um, mask effect because, of course, Plo does speak through a um, apparatus. And so there is kind of this kind of sound that's put in. And, um, but here, so... Plo Koon unaffected sounds like this. Koto ya. Hello, Ahsoka Tano. Good day, Master Kenobi. Good day, Anakin Skywalker. May the Force be with you. So it's essentially Ian McKellen. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing an Ian McKellen because that was Director Dave Filoni's direction to me. He had one word. He said, Gandalf. Give it to me as Gandalf, James. So everything I did was always pretty much in this vein. This is where I would think. Uh, and this was the mindset I would do. So now they would get that and they did pitch it down. They would pitch it down one or two steps. So they would pitch it down and the voice would then come down into here. Kotoya. And then they would put this mask kind of sound, which was kind of a chorusy, flangy kind of, you know, uh, spacey kind of sound that to put it all on. And I do that whenever I do his voice here in the studio. I put that of those effects on it as well, and um, and pitch the voice down just a, a little. But here's the funny thing, funny little story about it. First, when we did the first season, I was doing everything right up in here and very Ian McKellen and all of that. Then I watched that season. And when we went in to do the second season, I was so used to hearing Plo down lower and doing all of this, I started doing him more like this. And I naturally pitched my voice down, which Matt Wood then was like, what are you, oh, James, you're killing me because because <laughs> we had a setting for it and now it sounds off because now he's really deeper. So <laughs> he had to affect it and change it back. And then uh, eventually I found a happy medium. Uh, and so did he. But uh, so, yes, the voice of Plo Koon is a mixture of me and Matthew Wood uh, kind of, you know, and Matt would do that with um, General Grievous and the battle droids and everything as well for his voices. But uh, Plo Koon, though, generally speaking, I mean, uh, the thing I like about it is they didn't put so much effect on it that the acting doesn't come through. I think you really do hear all the little nuance and the things that I did that uh, tried to make it as Gandalfy as, as you could. And uh, what a wonderful character Plo Koon is and what an honor it was to voice him all that time on the Clone Wars. And I hope uh, someday it would be wonderful to get a chance to do that again somewhere, somehow, someday. Who knows? All right. Well, that is that for uh, our Q&A. That's that for the show today, too. But uh, hey, let's bring in Mr. Announcer Guy. Mr. Announcer Guy. Yes, James. Can you tell everybody, uh, you know, if they want to send questions to me and all of that, you know what I'm talking about? Of course I do, James. If you'd like to have a question on the Jatcast, talking to myself, simply go to jamesarnoldtaylor.com and click on Jat Show. Then in the drop-down menu, choose a topic, the Jatcast. Type in your message, hit send, and spingo. You just said spingo. Yes, I did, James. Spingo. Your question will be submitted for an episode of Talking to Myself, the Jetcast. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Announcer Guy. You're welcome, James. Are you going to go now? 
No, actually, I thought I'd stick around until you finish the show. Oh, you tricked me that time. Yes, I did. Okay, well, uh, okay. Thanks, Mr. Announcer Guy. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the uh, James Arnold Taylor podcast, the Jatcast, talking to myself. I uh, so appreciate all of you uh, taking the time to listen to this show and to learn about me. And if, you know, and, and again, this episode was a little different today. And I talked about some things that, you know, are a little more personal and uh, cl- close to home and close to my heart. But you know what? It's because I love you all. I pray for you all. I believe in you all. And I just hope that all of you would come back again next time and listen. We'll do some fun stuff next time. We'll talk about uh, Ratchet and Clank and we'll talk about Final Fantasy and some other things. And then there'll be all sorts of other characters here, uh, just like Mr. Announcer Guy here, right? That's right, James. I can't wait for the next show. Ooh, I'm giddy with excitement. Okay, that's great. So thanks again and join me next time on Talking to Myself, the James Arnold Taylor podcast. See you later. Bye-bye. Say goodbye, Mr. Announcer Guy. Goodbye, Mr. Announcer Guy. I see what you did there. Oh, read the little ending disclaimer stuff. Whatever you say, James. Talking to myself, the James Arnold Taylor podcast is a production of Yumi Go Inc. Recorded at Chat Studios. Engineered, written, recorded, and produced by, you guessed it, James Arnold Taylor. All voices are parody and should be construed as entertainment only. All music and sound effects used with permissions and licenses through backtracks, digital juice, production tracks, and partners in rhyme. James Arnold Taylor's Talking Myself, the podcast, copyright 2018, all rights reserved. You do that so well. Thank you, James. Goodbye. Bye-bye.